Welcome to the Bruins Brenders Podcast, episode 46. Guess who's back? Back again with Maddie and Smitty. Brought to you on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and PHF news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Insight, Inside, underscore the, underscore rink. And download the new Inside the Rink app to get everything on the website right on your phone. And now Smitty has a quick word from show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year of live betting. Sign up at BetUS.com with the promo code RINK for 125% sign-up bonus. Again, that is B-E-T-U-S.com. And use the promo code RINK for your sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. BetUS. You bet. You win. You get paid. BetUS.com. And it's episode 46, so you know what that means. We have we have someone is back. <laughs> David Krejci. Krejci's back. Krejci's back. Krejci's back. Krejci's back. And Krejci comes back, and so does Patrice Bergeron. All in one happy day. One. On August the eighth. Uh, big it was. happy day. August the eighth. Eight eight. I was hoping that they were going to do Pasternak's deal Ooh. on eight eight. You know, give eighty eight yeah. a little coin. They oh. got uh, the Pavel Zaka arbitration deal done as well, so they had a lot of business done on eight eight. Come yeah. back from vacation, bang everything out on the Monday. Yeah, I guess they were on vacation like we had predicted. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, nothing was happening for a while. Right. Uh, they they seem to do things in like clumps. Like they just seem to all of a sudden hit you with three or four things. Yeah. And then do nothing. Right. For a while. Yeah, for a long, long time. Leave yeah. us leave us uh, with nothing to talk about except <laughs> Anton Bleed and Ryan Donato <laughs> signing, <laughs> signing contracts in other places. And you know what? No one gives... A shit. No, nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those guys signing in other places yeah. was the news. Yeah, right. Or Ryan Mast. Any Ryan Mast news lately? <laughs> yeah. I think he's still there. Signed a two-way yeah. deal with Providence or something? Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> little uh, little AHL, yeah. ECHL deal? Fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, ECH, yeah great. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is episode 46. 45 was a doozy over at Lobs Brewing. It was. Uh, we were there. In, in mind and spirit. And we and we uh, did broadcast it live. So if you yeah. listen to it live, um, you may or may not have been able to hear us. <laughs> it <laughs> but, was so loud. But it was loud. It was busy. Uh, we did have a lot of fun there. We had a great time. Uh, the, you know, they rolled out the red carpet for us, you know, and we had some beer and we had some delicious pizza from the W's wood-fired pizza truck. Um, yeah. You know, new beer release. They had a lot going on that day and, and we were happy to be a part of it. And uh, mm. yeah, it was, a, it was a great time. Great time had by all that yeah. were there. Yeah, Love Throwing's third anniversary went swimmingly. Mm-hmm. And they had a wonderful time and it was very, uh, that was a great night with a big crowd and uh, we were there and, and tried like hell to give you the Bruins news. <laughs> um, all right, seven chirps time. In episode 46, and chirp number one, Patrice Bergeron is, in fact, back. $2.5 million contract with another $2.5 million. Can we say incentive-laden when it's only 10 games played? 
I mean, that's, I mean, that's a joke. I, I mean, whatever you want to, if you want to just say, yeah, you know, we're giving Bergie 5 million, then, then, then that's what it is. And that's what it is. So, you know, great. I'm glad he's back. They needed him to be back, especially with some of the injuries they're going to have early in the season. So, uh, a really a great deal all around and, uh, you know, they can kick the, uh, fill in the center position down the road, you know, another year or so. And the no movement clause, uh, so now it, that avoids all those Bruins fans who think they're going to move him during the trade deadline. So that yeah, will avoid that nonsense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, five million dollars total, and he'll get that with the ten games played, um, and then he will uh, start the season. So that was something I thought may happen was he was probably that he was going to wait till either the end of training camp or even into the season. But that has not happened, so that's good for the Bruins. Yeah, absolutely. He'll be he'll be back and ready to start when they when they're going to need him because they are, they are going to be a little shorthanded to start the year. Yeah, and uh, chirp number two, David Krejci is back. One million dollar contract, two million dollars in incentives. I was really surprised at this one. I was too. I I was shocked at the at the number. I thought it would be uh, a very very similar contract to Berger, Bergeron's, if not the same. Um, and I was shocked that it was, uh, you know, 1 million and 2 million in incentives. So, uh, it just showed how much he wanted to come back and, and play. It seems like, you know, now that, and, and I think Cassidy being gone, you can't overlook that. Like all these guys all of a sudden are like, yeah, we're back in, you know, Krejci's back. Um, seems like he shouldn't have left. Um, you know, if he's, if he's back this, this quickly, you know, DeBrusque rescinds the trade request. I think that there might've been a lot more going on there behind the scenes than, than we realized. Yeah. And I, this is, this was really important because I I thought like you did, I think I even texted you when Bergeron signed and I said, Krejci's going to sign for at least that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you had mentioned that he'd probably want more than coil, which is, you know, legitimate. Yeah. And uh, and he settles for far less, really. So only three three million dollars total is what Krejci can get in one last uh, kick of the can with this group. One thing um, I did find out today about the incentives that I thought was interesting is that they do not need to kick the the incentives to next year if they have cap space at the end of the year. So if they have enough okay. to cover the incentives, then they can pay it out this year and it not and time. not okay. yeah not roll it over. So that's interesting. So if they, if they do get some of those guys back and then at the trade deadline, they deal some pieces off and they have enough cap space at the end of the year, they can absorb those, those bonus overages uh, in this year. And they, and they don't have to kick them down the road, which, which hopefully is what they end up doing. Cause I don't like, I don't like that whole thing of, uh, of moving the bonus money to next year. No. So you could move a Mike Riley, right? 3 million bucks for a pick. And 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 slot like Krejci's money in there or something. Right. Once you right. get Mac, once you get McAvoy and Grizzly back, you get some of your, right. of your D back. You can right. you can you know you have an excess there that you could probably move someone. Well, and, and, so that's uh, so that's good news. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan either of the moving it to next year thing. I'm, yeah. I'm not at all. They're gonna have like four forwards or something under contract next year, and and yeah. and. You know, passes up and Bergie's up and Krejci's going to be like they 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 right. not a lot of guys under contract and and kicking right. some money into that year when you have a bunch of people that you need to sign isn't really the smartest idea in my opinion. No, and another guy who will be uh, unsigned is Pavel Zaka, who actually signed a one year three and a half million dollar deal. Um, someone that will has to be moved unless they use the LTIR. 
Um, yeah, because that who's on, who's on the way out? You think that puts them over? That puts them over, so yeah, they can they can out. exceed it during the off season, but they have to become cap compliant once uh, once um, you know the season starts, or yeah. I don't know when I don't know when it is. I'm assuming it's by day day one, but maybe it's even prior to that. But right. uh, I don't know. I don't know if they use the I don't know if they use the long term IR so they don't get put over a barrel on you know the return that they get back for someone. Cause they know mm-hmm. that the, you know, the other teams know they have to deal somebody. So right. maybe they use, you know, Grizzlick's money, the 3.6, that would cover it. Um, right. but, uh, I don't know it if not, it does it, allow for a buyout. It does. Yeah. Contract, yeah, this, yeah. That's yeah. right. That's right. I mean, it, if it was me, I'm buying out Felino. I don't think he has his yeah. place on this team and it's right. and 3.8 million is, is, uh, is probably enough to cover it. You know, they, sure. you know, it's a percentage of that. It's not the whole thing. Right. Um, that they would save, but, but I think they save like 1.8 or 1.9, maybe half or something yeah. like that. And yeah, then next year they get banged with a little under a million, I think. Yeah. But that's quite a bit. Cause I think they're 2.2 over. So it's quite a bit of it. Yeah. I um, mean, I, know, I, I, I so that to me is an option or, you know, you look to move a guy like, you know, maybe a no sick or something like that where, um, you know, you're hoping Studnika steps in and plays some, some meaningful games for you. So, you know, maybe that opens a spot for Stadnika and you can move Nosek for, you know, picks or whatever and, and uh, you know, do it that way. But, yeah, I, I feel like it's going to be someone off the, you know, the back end of the roster, whether it's a Felino buyout or, or a Nosek or, um, you know, possibly yeah. a, a Riley or uh, not that he's, you know, bottom of the roster, but, um, right. you know, yeah. not That's as important it. as some of the other defensemen they have. Yeah, I think so too. And, and um so, okay, early prediction for you on, because Pavel Zaka is probably going to play first line left wing with Marchand out, you would assume. I think it's going to be Taylor right. Hall. So Hall will play there and then Zaka's second line? I think they're going to go all check second line. So they're gonna, they'll go Zaka, Krejci, okay. Pasta. Okay, makes sense. And they'll okay. put Hall with Bergeron and, and DeBrusque. That's my opinion of what they'll do early on, but maybe not. It, it, could, be, it could be Zaka on the first line. Right, you know they'll probably yeah, they'll probably Zaka try both. Talk about Zaka to talk about the checks, having five checks on the roster was unusual. Yeah, I think that's I think that's appealing to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Zaka playing with those two is probably what you're going to see. So I think that's a good call by you. I think that's probably what's going to happen. And then Hall with Bergeron and DeBrusque mm-hmm. to start the year. Yeah, I think I think that's probably that's what I would do. Um, just because they played together previously a little bit. Um. Uh, so I, I think that, you know, they probably have a little bit of chemistry and, and, you know, they all speak the same language. So, um, you know, that certainly helps with uh, a little fam- familiarity. So, um, right. that's what I would do, but they'll probably try out in, within preseason, you know, they'll, they'll move those guys around a little bit and see, you know, where the best fit is and, and what the chemistry is like with, with all the different guys there in the top six. Yeah. So what's your early prediction on Zaka? What type of year is he going to have for them? I think he's going to have a good year. I think he's going to have a, yeah, I do. I think he's going to have a really good year. Not, you know, all of a sudden goes from how many points he have last year? Like 36, 35, less than 40. So he's not going to go from like 35 to 65, but I could see him being in the 45 to 50 range. Yeah. I mean, I could, if he's playing with Krejci, that certainly helps. Um, You know, if he, if he slots down to the third line, maybe that's a little bit less of a, but yeah, he had 36 points. He had 35 the previous year. So he's in that low to mid 30s range the last three seasons. Um, 
He's also playing. Like he's also playing for a contract now too, right? Which you, right. You, which you can't underestimate, right? So and that's true. Uh, yeah. So I'm that's I'm true. thinking he's going to be in the 45, 50, 50 range. Yeah, I think okay. he's going to I think he's going to score twenty to twenty five goals. Oh, okay. So Seems there you go. Right. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So we hope that that is that is true. Uh, chirp number four. Does the addition of Krejci alone help to fix the Bruins' power play problems of last year? Absolutely. One hundred percent. They've, they, they, you, you've talked about this a lot that they've needed a playmaking center, a mm-hmm. guy who can pass the puck that right. he alone on that power play can pass the puck. Like he sets up guys, his primary assist numbers are excellent. Um, so just having him out there and being able to manipulate the, you know, the, the penalty killers, he's going to get guys open looks and they're going to bury him because he's a great passer. So him alone, yes, will improve the power play. Yeah, and I and I would tend to agree just because he really helped the power play when they moved him into sort of a point forward type position there the previous year, his last year with the Bruins. He really helped the power play by being a playmaker and setting guys up where they needed to be. When they made that change, their power play actually did fairly well. Absolutely. And then, of course, when they lost him, when he left, mm-hmm. And they had Eric Halla, and they didn't have a real playmaking center. And I thought that even Bergeron's not a real playmaking no. center, I wouldn't call him. No. So I think that that was really lacking. So having Krejci back, even if he's a little older and not, you know, he's not the fastest guy in the world and all that stuff, but with the type of talented players he has around him, yeah. he can get them the puck where they need it. And it gives them a chance to be more dynamic offensively, I think. Absolutely. And on the power play, his speed doesn't matter. Cause they, no. you, you know, get no. into the zone and set it up. Right. So the speed doesn't matter there. It's just, it's just his magical hands. So that's right. all that counts. And it uh, would help with his own entries. Cause that's, that was a big piece yeah. of the problem. Well, I think that they're yeah. horrific last year. I think that, I think they're, uh, you know, whoever the new power play coaches is, is certainly going to be, uh, working on that because it was, ahead, it was so. terrible. It was, oh my God, it was hard to watch. It was, um, really hard to watch. Uh, okay. Chirp number five, Michael Felger of the sports hub says that Bergeron is a borderline hall of famer. Is he not a slam dunk? He is an absolute slam dunk. 100%. Okay. He is a 100%. Sl- I think he said that and then he couched it afterwards and he's like, no, he's probably in which, which okay. I mean, which he is, he, it's not probable. He's going to get in. I mean, yeah. he has the most selkies in NHL history. One of the best defensive forwards of all time. Right. Yeah. Or if not yeah. the best defensive forward of all time, he has a cup. He, he's, He's, you know, been a captain. He, they've been to the cup finals three times. He's been all, I mean, he's, he's, he's getting in. He I means played over a thousand right. games, right? He has, you know, he'll close a to a thousand points. So he has 982. Yeah. Right so now. he's so he'll have a thousand. Points. Yeah. So he's getting in. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, there's really no yeah. question about it. He's getting in. Yeah. 400 goals. He'll have, he'll have 600 assists. Uh, yeah. He'll have a thousand points. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, playoffs, he has, you know, a hundred and, Hundred, yeah, playoffs, like 100, 170 games, have 130 plus points. points. Yeah, in playoffs. Yeah, you know, I mean, in a ring. I mean, there's really one of the best finals. face-off guys of all time. Like he's getting in. Yeah. Like there really is no doubt in my mind that he's getting in. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I would, I would assume. I mean, I think there are people, probably non-Bruins fans, who think he's probably a little bit more overrated than than he should be, just because he's not like a jump out of off the ice type of guy to you. But he's the best two-way. He could be the best two-way center, forward, whatever, or at least top five ever. So, yeah, he's he's. I don't know if you could call him the best. 
two-way forward. If you want to call him the best, and we've talked about this before, if you want right. to call him the best defensive forward of all time, I would say yeah. yes. But yeah. if you want to call him the best two-way forward of all, of all time, I think Pavel Datsuk and Sergei Fedorov yeah. and some of those guys would have yeah, would have an absolute, absolutely have yeah. an argument with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if you want to put him in the top five, I'm not going to argue. And if you wanted to call him the best defensive forward of all time, I think I think he's right there. And as, if if he's not number one, he's one A, one B, whatever. Yeah, no question. Um, all right, chart number six. The, David Krejci was asked if he came back due to the coaching change. He said it wasn't that. It was to play with Bergeron and Parsonak one more time and that he contemplated actually coming back for the playoffs last season. So how much do you believe that? I, I do to a degree. Okay. I think if Cassidy was still there, I think he probably would still have come back. So I don't okay. think I don't think it was all Cassidy right. gone, being gone. I think that certainly helped his decision. Mm-hmm. Um, it made it easier, uh, and I and I do believe that he did want to play with Bergeron and 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 Pasta one more time. And and being able to play, I think he probably got some assur- assurances that it's like you know you're going to play like Pasternak's going to be on the line with you. You right. know we're not going to you're not going to come back and we're not going to leave you with no guys to play with. You know that that basically right. what they've been what they've done to him over the last you know whatever since the since the cup teams since he yeah. had Lucic and Nathan Horton and, Horton yeah. and Aginla. Yeah. Um right. so uh, I, I feel like that they've made that clear to him and and the fact that he could play with good players and and you know he was he I mean he was overmatching people in that in that Czech league I mean I, I, he was just yeah. coasting around oh and, it looked silly yeah. yeah it looked silly so yeah. um I think he you know he wants a challenge he wants to win and he wants to win with this team which is you know the same reason Bergeron came back and didn't go somewhere else right you know I think if if healthy and everybody gets back healthy and this could be a pretty dangerous team. I, I obviously Bruins fans are there's some Bruins fans that are down on this. They they think they should retool, rebuild. Like some of them didn't want Bergeron and Krejci to come back so they could expedite the whole rebuild thing, which is never a guarantee anyway. But this team is actually pretty. This it's pretty dangerous team if you look at on on paper. On you paper, know, if they I get mean, their Jesus, guys back, good. if they get their guys back and they yeah. are healthy, come right. you know Thanksgiving, so forth, and and yeah. on through the rest of the season, they will be a dangerous team. They will be, yeah, because I mean, um, man. you know you have a really really good top six. Yeah, you have a pretty good. You know, if Zaka drops down to the third line, like you have a pretty good third good line. line. You yeah. you would expect. Craig Smith to bounce back. I mean, even even in off year, he still had 16 goals, I think. Yeah. So it wasn't like he was total garbage. He just right. wasn't what you were used to getting from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and Coyle had a, a bounce back year a little bit from from uh, the year before when he had the knee injury. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he tailed off a little bit in the playoffs, but the whole team wasn't great in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, Zaka, Coyle, Smith as a third line, you know, pretty good. good and then yeah or maybe you know Stadnika sneaks in somewhere in there or you know i don't think it's going to be frederick you know i think frederick's going to be on the fourth maybe, line oh, steen you, know. you know so yeah. you know they have some pieces that are that are pretty good and in and, and then lindholm mcavoy grizzlick you know you need a bounce back from carlo i think yeah. he needs yeah. to be better um yeah. clifton was 
pretty good the second half of the year and into the playoffs. He was. He was. Yeah. Uh, and Forbort's, yeah, you know, steady. Yeah. He, he's going to last year of a deal. Right. Yeah. And Forbort's steady, and he's and he's good on the PK. Um, yeah. You know, and Zaboro's coming back off a off an injury, right. and he, right. you know, in the in the small you know sample size of that he played in last year, he was pretty good. So right. you know, if he if he takes a little step. You know, you might have something there in the, you know, with the, a pretty good top, you know, four or five. Yeah. Yeah. So it, they could be yeah. dangerous. They really could. Yeah. I, I don't love their forward depth. You know, if a couple of guys get hurt. Yeah, that's the, the problem. Extended injury. But, you know, I don't know if anybody has great forward depth, but I don't love it. You know, I think it's a little dangerous. I think their defense, defensive depth with Saboral back is actually decent. It is. You know, they may have to move on from Riley, but there's some decent depth there, especially if Clifton's playing well and Zaboral comes back. You have some depth there. You do. Yeah. So, and their goaltending is, you know, they have a really nice tandem there. And so I, I think they're, they could be pretty good. And, you know, my, the way I look at it is you always try to win in the pros. There's no guarantee that if you were to, not bring these guys back and try to get a draft pick, say in the top 10, there's no guarantee that guy becomes a player. No, I mean, it happened to the Celtics. It happened to the Celtics. Like you, you tank on purpose and you're like, Oh, we're, you know, we'll get Tim Duncan. We have the most ping pong balls or whatever. (laughs) And they end up not with a number one pick, but three, three, they end up with Ron Mercer. Yeah. So, you know, no. So you could tank all you want. If you don't get the guy that you want when you tank it, then, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. And then the rebuild thing. All these people are talking about. Oh, if you rebuild, you have to trade McAvoy. And you, no, no that's you the guy you build. No. The, you that's rebuild a, yeah. around him. Right. You have a you have a head start with those guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have a stud yeah. defenseman uh, yeah. that's young and a and a pretty good young goalie. Um, right. You know, and Pasternak. You don't get rid of those guys. Those are the guys that you build the rest of the rebuild around. Yeah, you got two guys there, McAvoy and Pasternak, and I know it's early, but those are those are on Hall of Fame trajectory. Yeah, those guys. Those like, are yeah. Who are you going to get in the draft? Right, that's better than those guys. guys. Like you already you're, have them. You're getting yeah. rid of those guys and taking five number one picks or something. No, right. You keep those guys and you build you around them. You build right. around those guys. Yeah, plus the way they draft and everything. It's just well, yeah. Anyway. I mean, there's that, uh, which is yeah, an I, entire I, you thing. Know, I think this is the right thing to do. I think they have a really good team this year on paper, if everything works out. Really good team with a chance and a little bit of hunger to try to make it mm-hmm. because this is what they've planned to do. Yeah. So this is what you take advantage of here. And then next year you have all sorts of, you know, money opened up. Yeah. Opens up. And then you sign Pasternak and you go from there and you figure out what you're doing. But I think this is the right thing to do. You also have a new coach in with a new message. You know, he's right. going to he's going to inject some life into the team, into the room, I think. You're going to get, you know, kind of a little different uh vibe overall from the team, I think. So, you know, there's a whole series of things there that if, you know, if if, you know, Montgomery's kind of style, you know, fits them and and they kind of buy in and then you have the, you know, the group of veterans that comes back and, you know, they're all trying to win, so you know, it could be a could be a really good mix, an interesting mix to to cause some problems for some of these teams. They do have to withstand the first you know two three months though without McAvoy, without Marshan, without Grizzly. Right. That's going to be difficult. It's yeah. going to be difficult oh, yes. because oh, you're missing basically yes. your your you know your best defenseman, 
and probably yeah. your best forward, you know, best overall yeah. forward. Overall forward. Yeah. So, um, you know, tough. two two of the best players in the league. Um, yeah. you know, you know, McAvoy is a top five Norris guy, and and Marshan's probably a top two, three left wing in the league. So, yeah. uh, it's yeah. not going to be easy if they can withstand the, those losses early and and tread water or a little better than that and hang around and be in playoff position come, you know, Thanksgiving when those guys start to come back, maybe, um, you know, then you can take off in the second half of the year. I wonder if those guys are projecting to come back a little sooner. I haven't heard anything, but I wonder if the timetable was, you know, was just conservative and maybe they come back a little sooner, but they're definitely out the first month. So you can't fall too far behind there. Yeah, I think they said yeah. McAvoy and Marshan were both three months. and Three months in? And Grizzlick was two. Holy moly. Yeah. That's a long time. It is. It's a long it is. time. You know, that's, you know, almost as long as my marriage. That's what I... <laughs> All right, the trip number seven. How do you feel about the team now that the roster is taking shape? Uh, I feel pretty good. I mean, we've, we just talked about it kind of at length there. Um, but I, I like where they're at now. I, I, I like them. I like the moves. I like the signings. I think they, they got them both, you know, pretty good team friendly deals. The Zaka deal was, was kind of a pretty good deal. Team friend, team, team friendly wise team, uh, you know, good for the team. So, um, I like those. I, I'm, you know, all the, free agency stuff that happened prior to that. I, I wasn't really a fan of any of that. There wasn't anything really there that mm. interested me all that much. You know, AJ Greer maybe is a fourth line guy who can come in and knock some skulls around and, and yeah. so forth. Um, yeah. But they didn't really add much in my opinion. And there, there's still yeah. some guys out there that are veterans that yeah. uh, I feel like could probably help them like veteran yeah. minimum kind of, kind of things. Like you could bring guys in that, that, I think would help them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think so too. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you're looking to move some guys out now and, and maybe sign some of these other veteran minimum guys, you get a little depth, you get a little help. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it probably wouldn't hurt. No. Uh, so I don't know. I'm with, I, I'm with you on letting Felino go. I think that opens up a little bit of money. Yeah. And like you said, it, there's really no spot for him. You know, if you're going to really try to get something out of Studnika Steen, McLaughlin, these guys, and you feel like you need to do that, and it would behoove you because next year you could really use some minimum money guys out there. So why would you have Felino clogging shit up there on the fourth line, scoring two goals at three and a, three point eight million a year? I, I'd, I'd probably move on from him, and maybe they will. They seem to really like him though, and have a hard time buying out you know, buying his contract out. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, hope maybe, maybe in the fourth line, you know, he scores seven or eight goals and, and figures it out and comes in in decent shape and, and gets something going and, and helps the young guys down there. But still, that's a lot of money for a guy that's helping the young guys out. I don't know. Um, not a big fan of it. Uh, before we uh, wrap up, I want to get your thoughts on Milan Lucic. There's some rumors going around. I think it's all fan-generated because uh, I've never really heard anyone of any stature or of any knowledge say anything concrete about Lucic in the flames and a possible trade. Um, a lot of people out there well, really sort of I, clamoring. Yeah, I think, I think uh, 
Jimmy Murphy was spouting some of that but stuff. He, st- he started that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I haven't heard it from anybody else. No. Uh, and I don't see it happening just because the money's not there. First no, of all. That, that's really the main obstacle. Right. The Flames aren't going to... play the fourth line? Right. The Flames aren't going <laughs> like, to give them away for, no. for, for no. nothing. And, no. and you're not going to eat that kind of money. You know, I don't think the NHL has a thing where, like, you know, they pay part of the salary. Like, I don't think they do that in the NHL, do they? I think they do. I think they, they do. Pay, I think they do pay some salary going back and forth. Yes, they do. I think they do. Okay. I don't know if there's a certain amount, um, but there is some stipulation where they'll take some money. Yes, there there is. But again, you have Nick Foligno at three point eight. You're going to bring in Lucic. He's making what six? Yeah, something like that. Like, something I mean, like so outrageous. It's you know, at least three or four, and you already have Felino over there. You don't have that kind of money. And no, again, is he going to play the fourth line? Yeah, I mean, like, you have to move out a guy like Coyle. You're going to move out Coyle to bring in Lucic? You would. I no. mean, you're you're already thin at center as it is. Like that's not a smart. It's not a smart move. Like I I like the player. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I like the player. If he was in on a veteran minimum, I would 100% sign 100%. off. 100%. I would be yeah. in like Flynn. 100. Yeah. You want to bring Milan Lucic in here to be a good locker room guy, score some goals, beat the bag out of somebody, you know, light some people up. Like, I'm in. Believe me, I am in. Yeah, Saturday matinee, Sears Fest, and Lucic wants to light someone up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, run over some, run over Shesterkin or somebody else. Like, I'm all in. Like, let's run some goalies. Milan, come on, let's 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 put Ryan Miller in the next week. Let's do it all over again. Uh, I'm in, but but, yeah, but you know, it's got to be, it's got to be short money on the Bruins terms. It it can't be, you know, giving up major assets or anything worth, worth anything. So no, I no, And, and, and look again, like, of course, when anybody talks about physicality in the Bruins, the first guy to come up is always Lucic. Well, if we had Lucic, well, if, bring Luch back, you know, and, and some people are, you don't understand that Luch wasn't really playing that way. He was at the end. He was he waiting for his big deal. He was, he was trying to extend his, his career because you can't go out and slam guys every five, every shift. You know, you can't do it over 82 games and, and you know, a hundred overall, if you make a deep run, you can't do that. No, he thought so he was a goal scorer towards the end. Yeah, he thought he was more of a goal scorer, which he scored some goals, absolutely. Yeah. And he, in 2011 and 13, he was very good in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. But for, for God's sakes, like at the end, not a lot of people were sad that he left because he had kind of soured, you know? So, and now there's revisionist history. There's like some romanticism there. We're romanticizing about the old Luch that was 11 years ago. Yeah. You know, so and since he left the Kings, he hasn't really done a hell of a lot. So, um, you know, he's he's been up and down and all around. But I I just don't I don't clamor for a guy like Lucci's to me. You can't in one breath say we got to move forward and we can't keep running it back with these guys and then say, let's get Luch. It doesn't make any sense. No, no, it's contradictory. It is. You know, and I, I'm not, and again, I'm with you. I like the player. I do. Yep. And I'll watch old clips of the 11 team and 13 team and, and him and everything. I'll, I'll watch all that. I still watch a clip of him putting, was it Mike Commissarek through the glass? Yeah. Love the hell out of that. Perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Raining, raining um, glass on the people in the loge. 
Sure. Let's do it. Now, if his contact run, runs out in a couple of years from now, you want to throw him on the fourth line and, and have a little going away party, fine. Well, that's yeah. fine for short money. Yeah. Fine. Great. But not right now and not for six million bucks. No. I'm sorry. No, thanks. Just, just not happening. No, thanks. Um, so here we are. It's uh, where everything is all back together now. There was a time there where people thought that Bergeron wasn't coming back. Maybe Krejci's not coming back. What happens if they don't? But I think this is all set up. Bergeron even said this was set up. He told uh, Sweeney he was coming back before free agency began. Yep. So that was all played out. So that this all starts to make sense now is why Sweeney wasn't more active on the free agency. Thing. Yeah, why didn't he if go? You, why didn't he go he, after like the Andrew Cops and that kind of thing? Right, because if you look at this right now, just just if you look at the whole picture, their free agency was they signed a big free agent in Bergeron, mm-hmm. and they signed another pretty big free agent in Krejci, and then made the trade for Zaka. That's that's pretty active. It really is. You know I mean? It really is pretty I mean, active. It and, doesn't seem it, but it is. Yeah, and then next year, you know, those guys' deals are up, so right. you know. You'll you'll have a decent amount of money to uh, of money to spend next year on a pretty good free agent class, from what I understand. Yeah. Right, and I and, and that's and that's good. So I think this is the right thing to do. It's almost like a free year with them. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's almost like a a freebie. You know, we're just gonna we have the we have a little bit of cap space. We can bring these guys back on real short money mm-hmm. because they're loyal, and then we can figure out next year when it happens. Um, hey, go to InsideTheRink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. Follow us at Bruins Benders on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Download the Inside the Rink app. We appreciate everybody joining us again. Episode 46, uh, guess who's back? Back again. And uh, we will be back again, you know, maybe next week if there's some more, if there's some more Bruins news. Thanks hey, a lot, everybody. Everybody have a great week. All right. Bye-bye.